Welcome to Top 5, the best of 2018, where the Explosion Network is celebrating everything we loved about 2018 from games, music, TV, movies, and online media. You can head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash best of 2018 to find all of our celebratory content. My name is Dylan Blight, and joining me today, Ashley Hobley. Hey! Hey! Kira Marchant. Hey! Hey! And Shree Shrona. Hello! Hey! No, that's right. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down and talking about all of our top five video game subcategory awards and winners, of which the categories were best score, or if you're unpronounced to that word, uh, best soundtrack, art direction, writing, esports game, and ongoing multiplayer. So let's jump into it. We're going to start with best esports games. And number five, we had FIFA 18. Here we go, straight away. Scored, literally took the words up my mouth. I'd be interested in an incredible amount of money. Now, Ash, yeah. as a resident FIFA fan, how big of a fan are you of FIFA? Yeah, FIFA 18, it's a good game. Uh <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm not like huge into the esports scene, but I, I think I'm pretty sure they had the A League uh, esports league this last season. I sort of I kept track of that. Did you so, have? Who did you go for? Did you have a? Did you have a uh, Brisbane Raw? Oh, very good. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kieran was tested him. Tested, <laughs> tested. Okay, you passed the test. Oh, hmm. yeah. not yeah. um, Kieran. As uh, resident esports person, you're pretty e-sports, much going to answer the rest of these questions. Um, but yeah. It's really interesting how well FIFA is supported, especially in Australia, as an esport. Um, a lot of these sports-related games kind of get they, – they're kind of – they live in their own eco, their bubble. There's kind of – the developers kind of force the esports scene to be a thing. With FIFA, especially with the A-League series, it feels a lot more natural. There is more regular content and games being released, and it's a better format with casters and um, a wide range of personalities. So I think it's, it did really well this year. So uh, FIFA is probably, for me, the standout of all the sports games when it comes to eSports. So um, it did a really good job and deserves the fifth spot on this list. Number four, we had Dragon Ball Fighters. This is a... Fighter Z's. Yeah, exactly. Oh, jump out. Oh, we added it. Oh, flash. And yeah, the slow jabs of 16. Dragon Ball? No, no, we don't got it. We don't got it. We don't got it. Oh, there was one missing. Wait, he's got oh, one more Dragon Ball. Bring a character back. Bring a ca- Oh, what? if he hits him, he has seven bars. If he hits him, he's going to bring a character back with Shenron. I hope so. That's what I want. Came out this so year and had a lot of success, uh, both just as a gamer and in the esports scene. So, uh, what do you reckon about Dragon Ball, Kieran? Um, Dragon Ball is really interesting because especially in the world of Evo, um, it's really hard for a fighting game to establish itself and really put itself in a position to succeed. So Dragon Ball did a really good job of that. Um, a little sign that I didn't never realize there's an interesting rule of, um, you can, and it came down to one of the reasons why Sonic Fox won at Evo this year was that. You can actually, depending on which side of the screen you sit on, you can actually ask your opponent to swap. And if your opponent says no, you can then make it go down to a coin toss to see who has which side. Wow. 
And then it's like the <laughs> so there's a bit of controversy around it, but it's a really interesting rule when it comes to um, esports. But Dragon Ball did a really good job of finding a place and being a consistent fighting game for fans to get behind. Yep, for sure. Um, I didn't really watch. Obviously, not really that big into fighting game esports stuff, but I did watch uh, a couple of matches randomly one day because I like Dragon Ball, and I just mm-hmm. you know it's 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 easy esport to follow because it's just. Yes. You can tell who's winning, so it's yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> colorful game. Dragon Ball characters. I feel like it's easy to watch, yeah. yeah. Um, at number three, we had Counter-Strike Go, or as the kids call it, CS Go. Five as well. Coldzera gets the bomb down. You know he's capable of winning these ones. Two kills to his name so far. Surely he can't pull this one off map. He has to consider behind him. He's not even looked yet. They're getting closer and closer. Miss oh! shot! Miss shot! Oh, my God! Coldzera! Uh, into its millionth year, still holding strong, though, Kieran? Um, CSGO is it, its one of the premier esports. I think it's the esport that I advise people if you want to get into watching an esports, jump in and watch CSGO because it's really straightforward to understand and the, the broadcast setup itself is done really well. It's also at an interesting point considering that CSGO just went free-to-play uh, and it's brought out its random Battle Royale mode. So just to see how those affect... What? So I don't know if you heard about this. So CSGO went free to play and it has like a a 16-person battle royale mode. I had no idea about this, to be honest. Yeah, no, it happened (laughs) uh, a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, it's... um, it's quite it's quite interesting. So it's a lot of people say it has a negative effect on the the Counter Strike community, which you know, as most people do, say that in free to play games. But um, no, it's it's going to be an interesting couple of years for CS:GO. Yep. And at number two, your favorite game of all time, Overwatch. To him and see how he navigates a very tough environment for Widowmaker. Leave is down already, so sure for opens up well. Lei Young is not positioned expertly, but XQC did get by the for a moment. Primal Rage already. He's more than happy to pull the trigger on that ultimate. Overwatch is probably the premiere for esports and is going to define the future of esports with its deals with ESPN and Disney. The Overwatch League has established itself as a legitimate sporting event with, oh, well, esports sporting event, um, with teams now being based in, you know, different cities um, with eight new teams being added. I guess the, the, the research that Overwatch did into the fact that People can watch the Overwatch League and they can support a team just because of the fact that it says the name of the city on it. That if you're from Philadelphia and you see the Philadelphia Fusion playing, there's something for you to cling on to. There's something there to easily bring you into the esports. And I think... Like normal sporting events. Yeah, like normal sporting events. Exactly. So now that it has that and it's going into the second season with the beginning of home games and and seeing how those home home advantages and home team crowds can really change an event um it's going to be super interesting for esports in general and the future of esports yep. and what we decided was number 1 my favorite esports game what we decided <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, what you gonna you gonna argue that I, I cheated the votes here or something? What are you, what are you, what are I'm gonna to argue Number- it was it was the only one that two people cared about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Number one 
League of Legends. Plenty of damage. Wonder tries to turn it back around, but he's already underneath the turret, and it's Baron plus two. Yanko stepping forward, seeing if maybe there's a pick to find. Yarnan goes in with the ultimate over the wall. League of Legends has had uh, a very good standpoint for its content and the way it is set up with its LCS regions. I think in the coming year, it's going to have to kind of shake things up and change the way it does, as they already have with new franchises being brought in and old franchises being removed from several of the regions. Um, the World Championships, I think the grand final was almost a little bit of a letdown this year. Um, they built up this amazing story around Fnatic and IG and Fnatic being this team that um, can recreate the the victory of 2014, um, but... Yeah, it just kind of fizzled and IG stomped all over them. So League of Legends has got another year ahead of it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what changes they make, especially in regards to how Overwatch League is operating. So I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. Fair enough. Uh, let's jump into our next category, uh, which is ongoing multiplayer games. So, I mean, it's in the title, really, but if you don't understand, it's like it, it, it's a multiplayer game that still has content being added to it, had content added to it this year, something like that. It's not dried up. Uh, Number five, what do we have, Ash? Number five, we have Dota 2. (laughs) Ash, what does Dota stand for? Defense of the Ancients. Whoa! Yeah! (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) <laughs> I'm so proud. Question my gaming knowledge. I'm so <laughs> proud. <laughs> oh, actually, you've just made, you've made my So what is it, Kieran? Defense of the Ancients? Yeah. What? What is the game? It is... It's a League of Legends ripoff, isn't it? Oh, Oh, he knows. You know what? The only reason Ashley understands things is so he can use it to push people's buttons to really get in there and get get near. I see what's... Dota 2 has continued another fantastic year of overall gameplay mechanics and support by Valve. Um, The community's gone through a bit with Valve switching to a fortnightly update schedule, um, which changes the game a fair bit. Um, But it's still really well supported. It's probably Valve's... You know, it's Valve's flagship game now. CSGO isn't getting regular updates. I didn't realize until the other day CSGO hasn't had an update since last year in terms of like an operation or an event. Um, Dota 2's just had another Frostuvius event, so it is really well supported. Uh, The community is still going very strong. It's a really great free-to-play game for people to check out. Yes, it's going to tell you you suck for a very long period of time, but all MOBAs do, so um, it's a fantastic game. What do we have at number four, Kieran? It's it's Rainbow Six Siege. Um, Rainbow Six Siege has managed to carve itself up. Rainbow Six was one of those games where Siege... It came out, it got released, it kind of got sent out to die. It got released in like December of 2016. To bad reviews. To bad reviews. It had little content, um, but the team have really come together and 
perform regular updates to improve the cast of characters, upgraded maps, and develop a really strong esports scene around the game um, that has brought to life a very competitive and very fun multiplayer game to get into um, and enjoy. I don't partake in it, but I definitely... Stand out to me, I would put this higher, higher if I was organizing the list, pro- probably because it's kind of not so much as like No Man's Sky level of turnaround, but I definitely feel like this is the year where I'm like, that game doesn't even look the same and everyone's enjoying it. And it's all of a sudden this really competitive game and lots of people stream and, you know, like it was just this yeah. massive turnaround this year. And I can't even pinpoint the exact moment, but I, I know it's, it's there somewhere. No, and it just happened. Just... And I think I picked it up this year and played a little bit of it. Um, you played a lot of it, but that's fine. You can say a little bit. <laughs> I played a decent <laughs> amount of Siege this year, sure. Um, but it's it's been really fun and it's really interesting. It's really good to see a game not be completely abandoned by its developers after being sent out to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show that these sort of games, you can you can fix them. They can have a life after initial launch, Fallout yeah, exactly. 76. Exactly. But I, have, <laughs> I have faith for Fallout 76. I'll buy that game in six months. It'll be good. Then. Yeah, when it's fixed, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do we have at number three, Sheree? Um, it's my favourite game, Overwatch. <laughs> Sheree has a favourite game called Overwatch. <laughs> I'm so everybody heard it here first. We're gonna we're gonna snip it that we're gonna play it over and just enjoy the moment together. Oh, I think it's actually Kieran's favorite game. Shit, you, you get get those two mixed up sometimes. <laughs> yeah, C name starts with C. Like, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch is pretty damn good, and I wish you know once again if I had it my way, this would be at number one. But it's fine. Um, Blizzard continues <laughs> to grow this game. And and it's interesting. When I first looked at this game and looked at how it was going to be run, I was like, okay, this game's going to be around for a year or two and then Overwatch 2 will come out. And Overwatch 2 will continue. And it'll, it'll go like the Call of Duty way. But now playing Overwatch and being a part of it, I that is not the plan for this game. It's going to be... They're just going to keep updating this game. And I think it's it was kind of stupid of me to think there was going to be an Overwatch 2 considering World of Warcraft is is Blizzard's bread and butter and that shit's been going on forever. Um, but to see the, the support, the willingness to break the game by adding a character like Brigetta that Blizzard went through and then the willingness to take the time to fix the character to the best of their ability. She's still not fixed. There's still problems with the game. Please fix Reaper and make Mercy a healing god once more. But it's still a fantastic game. And I think for me, out of this, other than probably the, the next two, damn it, they are more accessible. <laughs> I, was, I looked at it and was like, I was going to say oh. this game's really accessible, but... The next two games, are, but for me, this game is really accessible, really fun to pick up and play and has a, a, a ceiling where you can put in the time and get better at it. At number two, we have Pokemon Go. Across the planet, amazing creatures have been discovered. Now, more than ever, undiscovered species are appearing. We call these creatures... Pokemon. 
think, well, look, let's break it down. Put it, put it onto the side. Yes, I got back into Pokemon this year. Yes, Shree also got into Pokemon Go this year. Yes, yes we Ash added also Shree. picked up the Pokemon Go this year. <laughs> yes, also for a brief period, Nick picked up Pokemon Go again this year. So I think that kind of swings the votes a, 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 a little bit above Overwatch in that <laughs> in that factor. Because behind yeah. the scenes, there was a tie at some stage between <laughs> watching Pokemon Go. And uh, Pokemon Go won out pretty easily <laughs> for the second position. <laughs> and I was so um, annoyed at that tiebreaker vote. I, was, <laughs> I looked at it and went, Ah, shit. I, I came in, I didn't even need to vote for it, but I just voted just just to make sure that it was known that it was only you here and that one. <laughs> yeah, it was me on my own, standing on my little island of traces and maze, being yeah. like, please, please. <laughs> when I put that tiebreaker up, I was like, I know where this is going to go, but, you know. <laughs> I'll humor Kieran. We'll, we'll see. Like, there's going to be proof. I didn't just assume. So there will be proof. But um, taking that aside, I also do think that Pokemon Go had really, really good this year. Like, look at the big things. They added They added PvP. They added trading. They added this gift system. They uh, The friend, like, system and all, all these sorts of things. Like, they've had a very big year of adding new systems and events to the game alongside building, uh, adding more generations of Pokemon and all that other sort of stuff that they've kind of already been doing. But I definitely do think that the adding things that people have wanted since the game launched this year kind of makes it definitely stand out in a, in a category of ongoing multiplayer games because although they've always just been adding stuff to it, of course, and updating things here and there, this was the year where friendship system, trading, and battling. Like the stuff that kind of makes up a Pokemon game in general has finally made its way inside the Pokemon Go game, which to a lot of people means that now it is a, not, I'm not saying proper quote unquote game, but it's now got the systems that make up a actual proper Pokemon game between battling and trading now actually being part of the game. So I think, yeah, definitely a very, very big year for Pokemon Go. And I'm like, I was reading a story before about how much money they've made this year. The answer is a fucking shit ton because I'm pretty sure a lot of people jump back into the game like myself after the Let's Go's announcement. And a lot of people like myself were like, oh, it's actually fun now. And they've they've stayed on board since then. So big, and big, big, big year. Entered the credit card details and they bought items. I've done that at least once this year. That's for sure. Um, Shri or, uh, or Ash, you got anything to say on Pokemon? I feel like I shouldn't say any more about Pokemon. I, that's all I talk about. All I talk about is Pokemon. Fine. Some people's um, jobs are just to talk about Pokemon. That's okay. Yeah, I, I mean, really you and much. I just became ultra friends, so I'm pretty excited because we can start battling soon. Um, that only happened yesterday, so ready to get going. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't. I can't really compare it to what it was before. Only that it's pretty awesome now. So that's my that's my little five cents, Ash. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it it's definitely one of the most heavily supported games in general, not even just mobile games. There seem to be, a, there's obviously events every month. There's always new legendary Pokemon that are popping up. Uh, new, They're definitely bringing in the fourth generation, I'm pretty sure, now of Pokemon. Uh, rolling them out at the moment. Rolling so, them yeah. out. There's always these special events, like during Halloween, they had all the ghost Pokemon and stuff like that, so... Yeah, Pikachu with a spooky hat. They can host yeah. better world events this year. In they can do what? Host better world events in 2019. Didn't they host oh. like a big event and it like the whole game crashed and crapped itself? No, that was a couple of years ago. Was it? I thought it was yep. this year. 
Yep. I think they have. They always kind of have troubles with some of their, their stuff, and it kind of depends where you are, though. Like mm. I've read stuff. I've read stuff during community days because that's the thing. Like every month, there's a community <clears throat> day. Special Pokemon, special move, increased chances, double cut. You know, like all these sorts of things. That's also one of the things I love about the game at the moment. There's something every month to kind of look forward to. And if you live in a really big city and you watch YouTube videos of people that go out for community days, it's these big, massive things, and it's really, you know, it's cool to see so many people get out and play the the game together like that but i've read stories of people like in like in america once i remember a couple months ago their community day they struggled and they had to add that extra hour because it was crashing there a lot but here in australia no issues so you know it's mm-hmm. it's up yeah, down it's it's a constant going game of course it's going to have issues i don't think it's ever going to run perfectly um that's just how it is but yeah so pokemon go great there is adding to it yeah cool number one is a game that none of us really play but all of us couldn't just all kind of shrugged and went, yeah, that's number one it for sure. That has to be. 2018, best ongoing multiplayer game. What is it, Ash? It's Fortnite. Let's all do funny dance moves. I think just to hold ourselves as uh, critical, critically, just to have integrity as critical game journalists, we had to give Fortnite the award because (laughs) no other game has been as big as Fortnite this year. No game has been as uh, supportive, I don't think. Like they're constantly updating each season's. (laughs) Sure, their, their player base is always complaining about some guns, going or not going or something's not working, but they seem to be always on the ball (laughs) fixing stuff. Uh, Yeah. And we're just super happy that they're doing the the block tie-in at the end of the year. That's not a block (laughs) tie-in, Ashley. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. Even though it looked very similar and the, 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 the logo looks very similar to the The actual. Did you see the Scott Cam skins in the later season? No. Did you see them? Yeah. Yeah, this is our yeah. ever going joke that I we can guarantee that pretty much no other podcast is doing about Fortnite. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's hard to argue that Fortnite isn't wasn't the best, uh, most constantly updated and supported multiplayer game of 2018. They went through like fucking a million and one seasons or however long it was. They by the end of the year they've like yeah we've got fucking planes and whatever the else happening in this game. Yeah. They were doing these massive events with shit happening in the game, you know, that's, with the meteorites. Meteorites and like, stuff, yeah. I just wanted to, I didn't even look for videos and I meant to after the block announcement where the dev at the Video Game Awards was like, oh yeah, this this just happened in game. Like this this thing just that fell That was the, the iceberg sky. thing or whatever it was. Yeah, the iceberg in. hit. Yeah. Um, there was the cubes crashing down. There was like one of the areas like exploding. Um, I think... No matter, there was a point in this year where the words Battle Royale was taboo in my life where I didn't want to hear about it, I didn't want to read about it, I just wanted to yell about it a lot. Um, but early Late I Nights have to if admit, you want to see it. Pardon? Go check out Early Late Nights if you want yeah, to see Yeah, you would say that, Ash, yeah. Um, but I have to admit, just the range of support and effort that the developers are putting into Fortnite is is the best that any game does. It's so well put together. There's so much effort. The 
they're up to like season 10 or 11 or 12 or something at the moment in their quote-unquote Fortnite seasons, yet the game has been out, what, like a bit over 18 months? Like, it doesn't feel like that long? I don't know how long like, the seasons are, but no, <laughs> they're not but that long, apparently. No, like there's so many seasons, so many, so much new gear to get, new emotes. They're gonna it's get only season for. seven, by the way. Is it only season seven? It feels like it yeah. should be like season 15. But um, <laughs> no, it's getting higher. <laughs> um, 10, 11, 12, 13, it should be 15. <laughs> should be 15, eh? And, um, and Battle Royale only came out like September last year, so. So, yeah, about 18 months, you know, give or take a month or two. Two or three months or so, yeah. Shut up, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, Fortnite. Good on you, Fortnite. Good on you, Fortnite. Uh, Shrey, you got anything to add? No. <laughs> nah, Fortnite. Get on. I wish yeah. I was good at Throw it. Then I could be a popular streamer. <laughs> Throw your V bucks in the air, everybody. That's for sure. Uh, so that is our top five ongoing multiplayer games. Moving on to the next category: top five scores slash soundtracks. However you like to say it. Although to me there is a distinct difference, but that's fine. Um, what do we have at number five, Kieran? Florence by Kevin Penkin. Well, the soundtrack really makes the game because there's no talking. Dialogue. Dialogue, that's the word. Got him. Um, It's literally just the art, the gameplay and the soundtrack. So, um... I find the soundtrack like very moving. Like it, de- it's definitely what brings the whole game together, um, and it and it really does tell the story as you're playing it. Um, I, it's it is like an emotional game, so I felt like it really did assist that where it needed to. And yeah, I, I really liked it. It's definitely a game you you can't not play it without sound. Like you have to play it with the sound and headphones and headphones. Yes. Was why I, I would be my suggestion always for it. Um, but yeah, I agree. The if you don't have the 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 sound on, you you're really just missing out. You're just looking at a visual novel without getting one of the major elements. And I think if the music wasn't as good, the game might not be as good. Not to say yeah, the writing and yeah. the art and everything isn't as good. It's just the music definitely is the thread between yeah. all of the elements that ties it all together. Um, and also, I'd like to point out that the song titled Florence off the Florence soundtrack made it in at number 100 on my Spotify 100 most played songs. So I was a fan of that one song. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> apparently. So. But I do, I do remember after I played the game, I did listen to the soundtrack over and over a lot in particular. I remember when I was writing my review for it, I just listened to the soundtrack like three times over while I was writing a review. I was like, oh, this is kind of helping my, <laughs> my mood for writing it. So um, definitely... Uh, a standout. It's also really weird that it's such a great soundtrack because I think even in the credits it says they had like a full orchestral band or whatever and like lists all the people that, that had it. It's like such a big, it's like you put that much effort into the music, the music's such a big part. Um, no one else has played this, right? Just me and Shree, right? Ash, you never played it yet, did you? It is on my phone. <laughs> oh, I just oh, that's it. a success. It's 40 minutes, I think, or like yeah. less than an hour, just shy of an hour maybe. Just sit in bed tonight, put your headphones in, and play it. That's what that's what I did. Okay. That's right. got my orders. You got told. <laughs> yeah, yeah told. you got your orders. 
Um, Shree, what do we have at number four? Donut County. This is like another game that is, um, I like. I kind of put like it in Florence, very similar in the way that like the music is a huge part of the gameplay. It's actually like very therapeutic, um, and I again like I think it is what ties everything together in the game because it's the same. It's is just all um, text and image, so you don't have any of that dialogue to bring the game together and it is just, you know, based on the on the soundtrack. So, yeah, I I really like it too. I, I think, like, those both of those games for me are, you know, a huge part of it comes back to the music um, because it is what makes the games to me. Mm-hmm. So Dan Costner done the majority of the songs for this one and then Ben Esposito who's also the like the writer design lead what like did the majority of the work on the game he did the I think I saw on his Twitter explained he did the like most of the songs at the end towards the the end of the game which if you've played would make sense when you're in a certain facility the ones that play there and then he also did the song that plays whenever you like finish a level and they're falling down a hole and that song kicks in so he kind of did those so it was a contribution but um Dan is apparently just Ben's friend he did some some of the songs for it and whatever and then Ben as far as I'm concerned like he's not really a you know just just a man of all trades trying to put out his his game so so it's it's interesting how good it is considering how none of them are designed specifically yeah really yeah so but after I played the game as much as I um I had some problems with the game that I discussed with Ash that he still would shake his head at to me. Yeah, he's right now. Um, there was one thing that I really loved about the game and it was the soundtrack, which I was listening to at work all the time after I finished playing it because it's safe work music because it doesn't have swear words in it. So I'll just have <laughs> uh, this soundtrack on repeat for a couple uh, of weeks there pretty much. So really, really good. Uh, do you like the music in it, Ash? You've yeah, it works. Well? It fits well with like the puzzle sort of mechanic. It's just like calming sort of a lot of it which makes sense because it's a sort of relaxing sort of game, kind of. Kind of, if, maybe. If you don't have <laughs> character issues. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a complicated guy. What can I say? <laughs> uh, so at number three, we had God of War's soundtrack, which was done by Bear McCreary, which I'd also like to shout out as what a great name. soundtrack is as the game is very loud very orchestral very kind kind of like the kind of like the old games but more subtle i don't know it's not as like drummy i suppose the other ones were very like bass heavy and like it's got more of a viking tone as well yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah. and i think you had in uh, why it stood out more for me this year was this edition game sequel um, you had more time to take it in and enjoy it. Like a lot of the, a lot of God of War, like the PS2 games were um, very much 
go, go, go. Like you you kind of just push through to the next fight, push through for the next fight. When's the next fight? When am I going to start mashing the square button again? Um, I never really, you know, you never, there's not really many moments to stop and smell the roses figuratively. Um, or literally. Where, <laughs> or literally. Well, there's um, no game mechanics, so. um where like god of war this edition of the game gives you that time to appreciate what the soundtrack's doing Mm -hmm. i've got it um i got the vinyl for it and i've listened to it a lot through and i find it very it's 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 a good listen from start to finish. I don't have to like cherry pick songs, which makes it a good vinyl, obviously, because I don't have to. <laughs> you can't like click skip, obviously. So that's helpful for for an album or to have a vinyl because it, it starts out really epic. And a lot of the mo- a lot of the songs that come in, I can actually picture the the moment, the key moments they were used in the game, which is always good. There's a lot of ones that were used in big epic moments, which of course the game contains. And then there was a, a lot of pieces that are from some of the more surprise, shocking, or sad moments, I suppose. So. Really, really good. Really enjoy it. Uh, what do we have at number two, Ash? Number two, we have Celeste by Lena Ray. I made the mistake of starting playing Celeste with the headphones not on. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Uh, I would like to apologize to the team behind Celeste and more importantly and Buddy to Buddy Watson. Watson. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to the Buddy Watson apology. Yeah. Uh, man, the soundtrack on this is really great. Uh, it, it, like, it ha- it, because it's a platformer, there's not too much emotional, like without the cutscenes. the music is what sort of pro- makes you feel emotional about the story and that sort of thing. I feel like the music plays a huge role in like setting the tone and like, making it the emotional game and beloved game that it is. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, the, actually, so my funny thing for the Celeste soundtrack is I'd listened to it a fuck ton before I even started the game because I heard yeah. everyone like raving about how good the music was and I had a, um, like I was playing a Spotify playlist that was just kind of going through random video game soundtrack songs and I was sitting there one day and it came on and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it's fucking cool. And I looked at my phone and it was one of the songs of Celeste. And it was one that plays during the hotel level for people who play the game. Yeah. So it was like that one. I'm like, this song's really fucking cool. And then I found out Celeste soundtrack. And then because I really liked that song while I was at work, I just was like, no, fuck it. I already really like this. I'm listening to it. Because I usually try not to listen to music from games or stuff or movies or whatever without the context. And like, I'd rather just hear them within where they're supposed to be. But since I'd already started it for whatever reason this day, I'm like, oh, fuck it, I've started this train. So I just put on the whole album and I listened to it at, um, at work like two or three times on repeat over. I was like, I love this soundtrack. This soundtrack's great. Still, uh, it took months for me to even start playing the game after with that, but I'd, I'd listened to the music a lot. So by the time I got around to the game, I pretty much, it, it was kind of the opposite thing where I'm, I know the songs really well and now yeah. I'm placing them into the key moments in which they are used in the game, which is a different and interesting <laughs> experience to have for a game that's so heavy on its music. Because I 100% agree, agree with you, Ash. I think the I think it's weird to say that music's such an important element for this type of game, but I yeah. definitely feel like it is, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, the storytelling like, doesn't hoax- work without the music, so it's interesting. Yeah. 
like even that hotel level, for example, n- when I listened to that music outside of knowing where it was in the game, I didn't realize when having it in the context of what's happening in that level, it kind of makes the, the music sadder than when I'd heard it without the, the context, which yeah. is another weird thing about it, I suppose. But yeah, overall, it's really, really great. It's a... Uh, it's boppity, but it's also sad at times. I don't know. It's like a, it's a nice mix of it's everything, mix, I suppose. Yeah, it's sort of techno-y, yeah. I don't know, electronica. Synth. A bit boppity tunes. The chip-chippity chip-chops is what the, the kids call them, I, I swear. A chip-chop, chip-chop, uh, chip-chop. Mm-hmm. And number one, what do we have? Um, Well, I think Ash can't really talk much about this game because I don't know if he's played it yet, but um, Spider-Man, the score by John Pisano. You're the biggest Spider-Man fan here. Go for it. I mean, when the music awesome kicks music. in, when you start swinging, you just feel like you're in the movies. It's incredible. Yeah. No, it's and Spider-Man. Yeah. Man, not the it's Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it just perfectly fits the game and what you're doing at each moment. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have this one on uh, vinyl as well because I really, really enjoy it. And I think... This is my fact of time between God of War and this. I know it's it's a thing to say games have come so far, blah 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 blah. But between the God of War uh, soundtrack and the Spider Man soundtrack this year, I feel like they're both such movie like soundtracks. Yeah, cinematic. That yeah. they're very cinematic soundtracks, which I've, we've we've had in games before. I'd even say as far back as fucking the first Halo, right? But they're so sporadic. Oh. sporadic. Yeah, yeah that, but they're so sporadic yeah. of where you get a really good score like that for a game. It's not very, like, there's not many, if any, that come out. But I feel like this year I can kind of just point back. It's like God of War, fucking massive game, right? Beautiful look at massive story, massive world, characters, all these sorts of things. And then the music was matching the what they was trying to tell of this game. Very cinematic game, very cinematic soundtrack. Spider-Man, massive, epic, very much like you're playing a fucking Marvel movie. Uh, ga- the game, right? Very cinematic gameplay. And then the soundtrack was also matching that. And yeah, as you was just saying, the, that, that's the one song, even though it's not the best fucking song on the, the whole soundtrack, but it's that one that kicks in right as you leap off a rooftop because it's always the yeah. same song. It doesn't get annoying mm-hmm. for some reason though, but it's just no, the, the no. one that kicks in right as you start swinging around the city and because you do so much swing around, the, <laughs> you do a lot of swinging around the city. So yeah. you better not hate that, that, that one particular <laughs> piece of music. But yeah, it's it definitely... I mean, the biggest compliment you can play it is pay it, pay it is to say it just sounds like a like a, a proper Marvel movie score. You know, like it sounds like it could be off the Spider Man movie or something like such that. Such a so. hot take. Is it? No. Is it a hot take? To say? No. <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if it is. Lukewarm I feel like take. the kids kids use the hot take words as ironically these days. I don't think they do. They do. No, they do. Ash, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. You don't, you're not on social media very much. It's fine. Uh, so that is our top five best video game scores of 2018. Moving on to the next category. We have the top five best art direction. Starting at number five. What is it, Shree? <laughs> it's Donut County by Ben Esposito. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
It's got quite a cool art style, sort of, what do you call it, like geometric, um, sort of blocky 3D sort of um, look. And because I think what the best thing about the art style is, is that with the game being based around the fact that you have a round hole that you're making bigger and it's like a puzzle puzzle <laughs> mechanics um yep. the, the art style is quite <laughs> square so you're trying to put things into the round hole and you have to move them in certain ways in order to um get them to work so i think the art style is really cool in that sense because it really does make sense to the actual game but it's also just really unique and fun and and um definitely yeah just like it's not too busy and is relaxing again as well. Mm-hmm. Ash, yeah, it's just got it's stuff. just very very inventive. When you go through the levels and you see like all the individual things that have gone through the holes, and it's like amusing. I, I found that amusing because obviously there's, there's some funny descriptions of different things, but I think I think mm-hmm. it's the coloring that makes it stand out. Like mm-hmm. the way it's colored, it, it sort of pops and definitely makes it stand out from other games. Yeah. It's a very wholesome aesthetic. Yeah. That's for that's a very unwholesome sort of. Yeah. I think that there's also one interesting aspect I always find about this game, which is that because of the fact you have to, you know, you're sucking things down the hole, every object has to be designed like three dimensionally. Like, you know, you have to be able to see underneath, on top, side angle, blah, 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 all these sorts of things that I always always found so interesting. So it's like, oh, this barbecue that's over there, which most games you probably wouldn't be able to move, but all of a sudden now it has to be this actual object and then it's it's brought up at the end of the game. Yeah, it has to fall into this hole, which is <laughs> which is like okay, that's something probably why it took so many years <laughs> to to put out. I guess little, little things like that you don't think about. But yeah, um, Donut County definitely stands out art style wise. I can picture it right now. You can picture all those characters. You can picture the characters talking underground, talking to the raccoon, being like, "You motherfucker, what did you do with your your little weird app you have on your phone? Your little rodent, get out of here! What are you doing?" Um, so yeah, it definitely stands out amongst the rest of the year's games. Uh, at number four, we have Octopath Traveler by Square Enix. What, much again, like like Donut County, you know, there's no, there's really no other game that looks like this year. Very distinct art style. Well, distinct art style for this year, plus a distinct art style for last couple of years, I guess, is is also another thing because it it is like a. What's the word for it? It's like a, a play, you know, it's like you're watching a shadow puppet play happen in your game as you're playing it. It's, it's all these objects designed as kind of pop-up book. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like a pop-up book display and you're, you're, you're making your way across this this oddly designed uh, world, which stands out more. Like, you can be walking across the overworld and you, you won't notice it as much because it's more like barren and stuff like that and you don't you don't really pick up on it it's when you pick up how great this art style is for this game i think and the part that i like the most is inside buildings and stuff where there's like little tables and chairs and that's definitely where it kind of looks like you're looking at this pop-up um book with these characters walking around and and stuff like that so i mean overall i think octopath traveler is a really cool rpg but it is the art style that grabbed my attention in the first place and definitely one of the the best elements of that game, the game, even after release, I think. Um, what do we have at number three, 
Ash. Number three, we have Celeste by Matt Makes Games. It's sort of a combination. Obviously, most of the gameplay is like that awesome pixel art sort of design. Then you've got Mm -hmm. these cutscene sections where they've got still graphics of like these beautifully painted or paint like, I don't know, sort of cartoonly drawn. I'm not sure how to describe it, but of these stills of them getting selfies and different things. And it, it just looks beautiful. I mean, it's probably one of the best pixel art looking games we've seen in a while. So, and, and it's very, each very distinctive. You can tell it's Celeste and you can tell the levels apart and that sort of thing. You can tell which part of the mountain you're up to. So from looking at different screenshots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's some of the, like the, the pixel art stuff, I, I think, stands out, of course. You could you could show me a, a screenshot of Celeste and you could tell it's Celeste. E- that's easy enough. But I'm more biased and I would say my favorite stuff is the more full-drawn, whatever yep. you want to describe them as. Like the proper, the stuff you even get when you when you bump into the other character and you're taking like selfies with Madeline or whatever and you get these cool selfie pictures. But then also the, the giant... Uh, art Theo. pieces that you get when you, you Theo, thank you. The giant art pieces that you get when you finish the level, and it kind of gives you this big overarching yeah. image that are really beautiful. But the overall, even the, art the menu great. screen with the like the giant mountain that is like in three D that you, is not in any other yeah. part of the game it looks cool as well. Very cool, and all the characters designed well. Like yeah. I, uh, I don't like what slight spoilers, but like Madeline's enemy. Like in comparison to her and yeah, her like other enemies that chase you, like it, it, being yeah. chased by the thing in a hotel and yeah, uh, like everyone looks really cool. And a lot of it, so there's parts I'm like, is that like inspired by like a Ghibli type thing? I, I don't know. Like there's yeah. a lot of things I really, really enjoy about the art direction of Celeste, but definitely stands out as a pixel art wise. Really, really great. But then also the, the bigger, Art pieces, whatever we want to refer to those yeah. as. Uh, just things I would stick on my wall, I guess. You know, like they're really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Strawberries what do we have? Too. They do. <laughs> Strawberries <laughs> always look good. What do we have at number two, Kieran? Number two is God of War by Santa Monica Studios. Oh, there do they call to me. Oh, there do they call to me. Oh, there do they call to me. That bow is a little big for you, isn't it? I think it's hard not to argue. Like, God of War, I want the art book. You know, that's pretty simple. It's a very big, beautiful game. It's just, for me, like, it's not only the art direction of the game itself and the the use of Norse mythology within the game and Norse paintings and and different pieces of art from the Norse era, but also that in combination with that single-shot cinematography for the game really binds it all together and and it the thing that that direction of that camera usage is is that it directs your eyes to the perfect things that the game wants you to see that that you know there's a lot of things where in games game developers or artists can can work on sections of the game and you never some players may never see it some players may never look at it but God of War really highlights that with its camera angle, with its use of the camera, um, that it, it's really amazing and really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, um, there's on, just some 
incredible moments, I think, that are artistically beautiful. <laughs> what? First walking in and seeing the turtle, like in that area. Yeah. Like, because it's so beautiful with all the flowers and everything around there. And you see this giant turtle off in the distance. And yeah. Like, like okay, yes. And then the world yes, serpent please. showing up for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn. Yeah. It's like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> damn. Damn, son. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, yeah. Got a wall from everything. And there's other stuff I'd point out, but I don't <clears throat> want to go too far. Spoilers, but yeah. there's a lot of stuff when you go to a different Worlds. area apart from where you start off that like further yeah. in the game that I I quite enjoyed the, the overall look of that place and other places and then like the character design in these certain places as well. I found really, really interesting. So overall, God of War is great. Definitely, uh, if you're looking for a great t- uh, coffee table, art book, you can't go wrong. God of War. Yeah. What do we have at number one, Tree? Tetris Effect by Enhanced Games. Tetris Effect, look, this is the thing. Whenever I talk about Tetris Effect, I'm basically just talking about playing it in PSVR because that's where I've spent 99% of my time. That's how you meant to play it. And, and how you're meant to play it. God damn right you are. That's yeah. goddamn right. But playing this in VR, especially as you get into third levels, because it starts out fine, right? You got blocks. It's very beautiful. They explode, pixel effects. And, you know, it's it's pretty, sure. Yeah. It's not until you get further into the game and you're having, like, smoke monster, like, people build up playing these drums throughout the level and they're, like, just doing this, like, very tribal dance around you and it's intense as fuck and it's and like this other example we go to i don't i mean i don't want to spoil all the levels and tetris effect i suppose is the thing but that's kind of my go-to example but there's, there's you go to places you see things they're all very exciting they get uh, as the game builds up further of course they get bigger and more dramatic and overall it's just visual it's a visual feast is is, yep. is the way to put it feast yeah. well, Got any words on that one, that one as well, uh, Ash? Yeah, I've only just Tetris I'm probably only like a few levels in, but it's yeah, is is beautiful and just the VR obviously makes it everything stand out a bit more. Uh, it, it's impressive that the visuals are so cool when I feel like my eye is like super focused on the puzzle mechanic. But mm-hmm. even the like the Tetris box in each level is sort of different and varied in interesting mm-hmm. ways. Like there's a level where they're all like seem to be like cogs, all the bits. So yeah. Which I thought was they change cool. sometimes. It makes the game harder. Is only annoying thing yeah. about that. It's cool, but it makes the game harder. <laughs> yeah, you're like ah, oh, should all be color coded. Like they don't know which yeah. block is which. Um, yeah. There's there's so much going on sometimes too in some of those levels. Like there's stuff happening below you you won't even realize, or like yeah. off the sides because you're obviously concentrating on playing. But that's why when you beat Tetris Effect, you unlock a extra mode where you can just uh, view. The, the, what's happening and you can like press a button it'll make like the effect go off as if you just uh did a tetris or something like it just lets you ex- play around with the settings and you can like click a button it'll like go to the next le- part of the level like you know because if there's a certain point you reach like halfway and then all of a sudden something changes in the level like something comes in that wasn't there before or something like that like of, of course the first level kind of starts out blank which is yep. the, the one everyone played in the demo and then as you get further into that that level and that song all of a sudden a, like a globe appears in the background and a a whale is basically floating above it, kind of. It's very, <laughs> which you may not notice at first, but if you go back, you can see there is a, a whale floating around there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's Tetris an Effects, 
it's 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 definitely an experience and it's up there for sure. All right. Moving on to our last video game top five category for 2018, talking about the best in writing. And at number five, we have Detroit Become Human, which was written by the one and only David Cage. And it will all end. You do the housework, the washing, you cook the meals, you take care of Alice. My name is Connor. I'm the android sent by Cyberlife. The company has allocated a specialized model to assist investigators. My name is Marcus. Just like you, I was a slave. Go for gold. Uh, I think it's very well written. Obviously, it's, it's, <laughs> you have some issues. I don't. I feel like my run through of the game, at least, was well written. Obviously, this game has a lot of choices and prob like branching paths and that sort of thing. Obviously, <laughs> there's been told, but I felt like Connor had a great story and his partner had a great <sighs> sort of back and forth. <laughs> I think what was Kieran's a- side just then? Because <laughs> Connor was the only character. Yeah. <laughs> Connor was the only character I cared about, and I fucked it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought Kara eventually had a very interesting story. Well, she did have an interesting story from the start, and so it was interesting the world that they set up as well. Uh, obviously, some people have their takes on the revolutionary Marcus story, but I thought it was told pretty well. Uh, but yeah. I, I thought overall the writing was very like, good, and it's why Detroit is on some people's best of game, best of the year list. Was the story? Okay. Uh I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I think there was. It made me think about either like not just the conversation of you know, uh, is can like an AI feel, or when I think the reflection that showed on many moments in human society of two types of people not connecting or not being able to understand each other. Um, that reflection was really interesting to think about. Um, I was really sad that my Connor story hinged on one super minor piece of information that I didn't see earlier in the game. Um, but should have seen it. Yeah, I should have seen it, man. Should have picked up that damn picture frame Didn't on that see damn it coming but um, yeah, the Marcus story, I think his was just the, the the only problem with the writing for Marcus's story is that at some point in the game, the character stopped being what I wanted for the character and started being what David Cage wanted the character to be. Yeah, um, he didn't have a choice. He was a revolutionary re- yeah, leader, like no matter how just, you wanted to play it. Yeah, there was some, especially later in the game where his the controls of his character are taken out of your hands because you're playing another character interacting with him and the things that he does you kind of like nah my my guy would not he would not interact like that or he wouldn't mm-hmm. do that that's a bit of a weird choice but um other than that the running is fantastic Kara's story is really interesting um if not one of the twists comes a bit out of nowhere but no i really yep. did enjoy the writing for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I yeah, Detroit become human. Uh what is number <laughs> four, Ashley? Number four is Donut Candy by Ben Esposito. You like this game, Ash? What do you reckon? Yeah. Writing. I think it's very witty and funny and they sort of set up the puzzle each level, I guess, the storyline 
the story pulling you through sort of makes sense. And uh, yeah, for for the small game that it is, I mean, it packs a lot of writing punch. Trey? Yeah, I think that it has like a a bigger message than what you'd think it does when you first start the game, um, which is good. And I think, yeah, it is like extremely witty. Like I was laughing out loud like several occasions throughout this game um, just because the one-liners were really hilarious. And, yeah, it, it did like very much match. Um, I felt like that it matched the art as well. So, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Donut County. A game much like the number five slot that I had trouble with its writing. But that's fine. We'll move on. Just don't like asshole characters. <laughs> Wholesome. <laughs> uh, Kieran, what do we have at number three? Marvel's Spider-Man by Benjamin Arfman and Kelsey Bochum and, and Christ- Christos Engage and Dan Slott. Um, for me, this this was a really well-told Spider-Man game. Um, I think the only downfall of its writing was how it handled Mr. Negative um, and the third act I didn't love as much because of... Well, i sorry. The, the storytelling of the third act and how it affected gameplay I didn't love, but overall it was a fantastic story. The... The essence of Peter Parker that it captured with especially his relationship with Mary Jane and the Spider-Man that he was, um, you know, little moments that things that have spawned just from this game like Spider-Cop and how that has put ripples in other mediums of Spider-Man storytelling um, shows how well it's written and shows the, the the connection that fans have had with the game's writing to really pull it through into the whole medium of Spider-Man storytelling. Ash? Yeah, this is one of the best Spider-Man stories told, I think. Uh, obviously, it's got the... It can pull from anything and obviously they're setting it in a world where Spider-Man's... Spider- obviously, they've created their own version, best possible version of Spider-Man that they could for what they would have wanted to do. Uh, I like that they included Miles, obviously. That makes it interesting for a follow-up game. I think they probably added a few breadcrumbs to point towards what they were going to do in the next game. Obviously, the the reveal, you, if you've done side missions, it becomes... It's not as much of a shock, but obviously they're leaving hints, which I appreciated through the game. And then just the last half an hour, just that last boss battle and the events after just break me every single time. I've been going back and watching. I've been going back and watching (laughs) people react to it. So just to see them break. The choice that they um, made in the last section of, of that game was, it was heartbreaking and, I think it was a really interesting choice to make in the first, you know, the first part of this game. Yeah. Series. I had um, someone at work ask me the other day about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I began talking about that. And then as I was talking about it, for whatever reason, because he doesn't play video games, but he's like, he likes comics and movies and whatever. But um, while I was talking about that, I was like, oh yeah, but if I was to pick something in Spider-Man this year, I'd probably say the story. I like the story in... um, the Spider-Man PS4 game more. And then as I was talking about that, I think I 
like, you know, sometimes as you're talking about something, you kind of realize you like it more. Like mm-hmm. as yep. you're talking about it, type of scenario. Because I was, ta- I was, I was like, Do you, you're not gonna play this. Are you? Like, I'm like, you're not magically picking up a PS4 and on Black uh, on Boxing Day or something. Are you? He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, okay, I'll just spoil the ending. And I um, I talked through the whole games. I gave you like the whole synopsis of the story because just you know, that's what you do. I was like, this happens and this happens and this happens and blah 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 blah. And then at the end, you fucking won't believe this happens in such a key moment because it's like it's showing that Peter Parker is like a hero because he has to make this choice and blah, blah blah. You know, like I was going through the whole ending of the yeah. game and I was like, and then as I was talking about, I was like, fuck, it was brave that they did that. Um. In, in in this game it's such like a key moment and a very like superhero tropey type thing to do I guess but at the same time one that like cements like that version of the character like when you have a moment like that it kind of cements that version of a character as the hero that they they are because you can't not respect them when they when they have yeah. a moment like that it's kind of like think- Dark Knight it's a Dark Knight Rises as well or Dark Knight Return the Dark Knight sorry same kind of thing at the end of the Dark Knight where Batman's just like I'll be the villain you know, because then you're like, oh, he is the, you know, it's that type of, he's the hero we he's the hero deserve. We deserve. <laughs> Not the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Kieran? I know. I was just going to say that I think the thing that makes that choice impactful enough is that in other superhero genres or movies or whatever, the superhero is generally bullshit enough that they're going to, find a way to undo that choice. Whereas yeah, yeah. with with Spider-Man, that is a very realistic and set-in-stone choice. There's no... It's not something that the game devs or the writers are going to go back on in the next game. Yeah, Like, it's not something they can do that. Like, it just makes it yeah. so much more impactful. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I'll also like to just... Because that kind of made my whole point about saying... Because the ending was so good that... that kind of affects my whole experience but i do think that like peter is written so well like his dialogue and everything yeah um most well. i think all the villains for the most part are written pretty well like i'm not saying any of them were bad but some of them just no. were you know sitting no, in the middle somewhere fit, kind of they were written as well as they needed to be written there was yeah, there that, was yeah exactly two separate um, boss fights and one was written much better than the other one yeah, yeah. um mary jane is written very well and i quite like how they write because they do have this like 27 or however old Peter Parker in, in this game and he's been around he's for so long. And 23. Or have, all I know yeah, is he's, he's like fairly, way older he's than like your young, usual he's Spider-Man. Like early 20s. Yeah. yeah. I, do, I do like how him and MJ have this whole like the game starts. It's like, yeah, him and MJ are breaking up and then you get kind of get this nice not Coming breaking up. They have together. broken up for a while and you do get this nice dynamic through the game rather than cause it, it was a different story to tell rather than they're falling in love for the first time, blah, blah, blah. It was a different dynamic when it's like, yeah, they broke up. Why did they break up? And now we get to the see, like, the The scene story. that makes me smile the most out of it is the the kitchen scene yeah. um, with MJ and Peter. Like, that, it just sums up their relationship so well and just sums up Peter as a person as well um, really well. And just, it may, it just felt really good in the moment. I think that's, I don't think that's a big spoiler to say, but that is funny when, because if you don't know that one, it's basically he gets a call, he has to go out and do Spider-Man stuff or whatever, and he like disappears in the kitchen for a second and he's about to jump out the window and she's just like, I can't remember the exact line, but she's like, did you just leave your clothes in the middle of my kitchen? He's like, yeah. He's like, do you want me to Walks pick backwards. them up? Yeah, he's like, do you, he starts walking backwards. Do you want me to pick them up? Mm, like, <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um. All right, moving on. What do we have at number two, Shree? 
Florence by Mountain Moves. Um, so there's not a lot of, like I was saying before, it's not a lot of text in this in this game, and the story is ba- like it's basically written through um, a combination of the art, music, and um, the text. And it's very like I found myself like I, like I was saying I I sat with my headphones in like in the dark playing the game, so I was very invested in the game and the story, and I felt myself like without a lot of um, actual writing in the game, like text in the game, I found myself being more invested in it as well. So it was just like a really, I found it as a really unique way to, to tell the story. Um, And it wasn't, the story unfolded not in the way that you necessarily expected from the beginning. Um, It was a little bit surprising and, yeah, like I found myself, I related a lot to the game, but I also felt really invested in the story. And I think that's, that's the key to good writing is you, you felt the emotions that it was meant to be providing you and you followed the story as if you were that character. Um, but it just definitely did collaborate really well between the art style, the music and what was actually written on the screen. Well, it's like, the, the writing is in the, like the writing is the scenario and the connecting elements and what's happening. It's a really weird connection, but it's like writing Mad Max Fury Road where they wrote, like they just had, uh, they had a, they put out the pictures of what's going to happen and then kind of filled in the dialogue later. But it's still like, because because that movie was such a visual thing. It's like, well, that's the most important part first. So uh, that's what that is. But <clears throat> yeah, I think... I think it's a key to, it's a big plus to the writing that tells such a strong story with mm. interesting characters that even though you never really hear them speak and you don't spend that much time with them, by the end of the game, I, d- I do feel like I kind of watched a season of an entire show with these yeah. two characters by the time you get to the end, even though it was like 40 minutes. So I think that's a big a big plus to it. It's a very unique game, of course. Uh, but yeah, I think the if the writing wasn't good, it wouldn't really matter for everything else, you know. And the writing is everything about what happens on that screen not just yeah. the what's being said between the characters and sometimes you don't know what's being said between the characters but it's the fact that saying that we're not going to show you what's they're actually saying here is still part of the writing like still yeah, part, yeah. part of like setting up the emotional investment of it all um bringing us to number one drum roll best writing last category god of war which was by Corey Barlog, Matt Sophos, and Richard Zangran Gorbett. Open the door! We need your help! This is no ordinary illness. The boy's true nature, your true nature, fights within him. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's just, it's a simple plot. They want to get their mother's ashes up to... He wants to get his wife's ashes up to the top of the mountain. But mm-hmm. then it sort of expands and you get to explore this Norse world. You get these two dwarf guys who explain the history of the world. Eventually you get some sort of head that give you stories of Norse mythology uh, and all these awesome stories and dialogue. I mean, 
And then through the writing, you get a greater appreciation of Kratos as a character and see he's a changed or trying to change from the person that he was or has been for the last few years as well. And sort of his relationship with Atreus back and forth is so well told, I think. Yeah. 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 There's all these That's stories a- that sort of combine to make it a great story. Yeah, I think that the thing that stands out when you look at it, and without spoilers, of course, but I think by the time you get to towards the end of the game, a lot of the reveals that you have there at the end, you're like, holy fuck, this, this, like, there's such grander elements yeah. that you kind of been given at the end. But the, like, not that the game ever sees those through. It, it doesn't, because it's obviously for the sequel or anything like that. But this game starts out with such a small story. Uh, like, even from the start, like, the game. From the moment it starts where you have the, the, the start screen where it's just got the hand there or whatever and then you click yeah. play or start game or whatever the fuck you click and it's just Kratos cutting down this tree as the camera kind of pans back and you're like, why the fuck is he cutting down this tree? And then you, like it, they don't tell you but you, straight away but it all comes together. It's like, oh, he's making a fucking fire. coffin uh, fire or whatever, you know. So it, uh, And then see it but, uh, brought through. It's like, okay, you, we're burning this kid's mum. We're burning the... Uh, Kratos's wife and the plot of the whole game is she wanted her ashes to be uh thrown is that the word you use for when you oh, spread 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 thing you wanted she wanted her ashes spread across this the highest mountain in the the land there so it's a very simple tale that you can even relate to you know human stories you know people who say oh when I die spread my ashes here or um anything like that so I, th- that, I think that's the thing it's such a fantastical world with and look, it, it it takes you but an hour to get into some of the the bigger elements. Really, when you meet the the stranger, which is still one of the standout boss battles of this year, and maybe Ever. the possible last. Yeah, I mean, it's up <laughs> it there. Gave, that, that boss battle is still up there. So it gave me like Dragon Ball Z moments of hype, like just yeah. that entire fight. Yeah, oh, it pretty much is, and it goes. For, I rewatched it today. No shit. I, <laughs> I rewatched that fight on YouTube and I was like, fuck, it's so, yeah. <laughs> but that's not really part of the writing. But <laughs> what, I mean, it is technically. A, they added all the elements in, of that fight. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of talking happening while you're fighting and yeah. a lot of Kratos being like, fuck off pretty much. But uh, And then this other, the stranger being like, no, no, can't, well, when kill you, you and I don't know if it's spoiler or not, but they're both talking about two separate peoples that you don't realize yeah. until way later in the game. Way later in the game, that's true. Yeah. Um, and it's also worth pointing out just how much this game does well on Norse mythology and does it differently, I feel. Like yeah. it, none of it feels stereotyped for the different characters. And there are a lot of Norse characters in this, ones that you all know and love. Some of them maybe just show up in small cameo roles that you may be expecting. But even then, they make a huge, thunderous appearance there is a lot of Norse characters uh, in really interesting new ways uh, and then look the Kratos this is this is the element where probably everyone else disagrees with me but I don't particularly find Kratos's relationship with uh, Atreus like the father-son relationship I don't find that they they, they pulled that off at the end uh, well like I, I was enjoying it up until a point, and then there's there's one point I can't say what else was. But there's one point in the game where I was like, "Nah, you you fucked it up now. Like it, you you didn't land, you didn't land the perfect." Is landing. it where the character but, suddenly takes a turn? 
Uh, yeah, shortly after that, basically, is when I, I kind of fell off the train. But up until that point, I was kind of enjoying it because they start out the game where, you know, God, uh, Kratos is this very hard, stern father, obviously, because which makes sense given that he was this god of war and yelly, shouty and whatever kind of person he was. But then he has this son he's trying to suddenly raise and you kind of get the you kind of get the the image that he wasn't doing a lot of raising before the wife died, you know, kind of things like mm-hmm. he was kind of just off doing his own thing or what, whatever most of the time it seemed. Um, now all of a sudden he's got to look after Atreus all the time and there's all these moments where he'll go to like, he'll do like hover hand, which I kind of liked how you, you could see it and they, they were doing it subtly, you know, like he would go to say something to Atreus and he'd want to say like, good job son or something like that and put his hand there and his hand would just hover there then he'd like pull it back and he wouldn't even say good job. And th- they build up on that throughout the game of like Kratos opening up as a father to his son, but I, I definitely do feel like they fucking flopped it. They barely flopped that landing as far as I'm concerned. I, it doesn't ruin the game for me, but I don't think they landed it. I know you used... Uh, Ash is disagree like very, fucking, very much. Yeah, <laughs> he, he very much disagrees. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do disagree, but I mean, there is one um, character who takes a sudden attitude shift all of a sudden that is quickly resolved, mercifully, because <laughs> it wasn't great. But yeah, yeah, I I do on the North mythology thing. I like that they go in a different direction than some more mainstream things have done of certain Norse figures. Pretty much yeah, anyone is a like god Marvel. is a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this game sets up. It's like, oh, you know all those gods? They suck. They all suck. They're, no, no. Oh, you think one of them are good? No, no, no. They all, they all suck. suck. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. but that's it. So God of War, our number one best writing in a video game. And that wraps up our top five uh, subcategory of video games podcast for today. Once again, make sure you check out explosionnetwork.com slash best of 2018 to find more of our content and subscribe to top five on apple podcast spotify or whatever service you're listening to it on because this is the show where you'll find all of our best of 2018 podcasts and whatever season three turns out to be that's for sure because this is uh this is approaching the end there's only one more left but you may want to listen to the ones that were before this i don't know maybe i don't know when you jumped in tell me on twitter at vivladil v-i-v-a-l-a-d-i-l you can tell ash about uh how much he loves the God of War and things and stuff on at Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, H-O-B-L-E-Y. You can tell Cherie that she's a Florence in the wind and that's for sure thing. Uh, at Shreya Corno, C-H-E-R-I-C-O-R-N and <sighs> O. And <laughs> then you can tell Kieran on Twitter how much he's a big Overwatch esports fan. That's the one at your boy Ringo. Make sure you follow Explosion Network on Twitter at Explosion Pod and tweet at that account what your top five of any of those categories were art direction, writing, score, ongoing multiplayer, or esports game. Until next episode of these things. Bye bye. Bye. Catch ya.